Hello, this is Nikdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 12th of August. India reported more than 60,000 new cases of COVID-19 in the last 24 hours, taking the overall tally of the country to beyond 23,29,000. The death toll increased by 834 to more than 46,000 now. After the Russian President Vladimir Putin raised many eyebrows yesterday after he proudly declared that his country had created the first COVID vaccine in the world, the director of the All India Institute of Medical Sciences, Randeep Guleria, has said that there is a need to assess the safety and effectiveness of the COVID vaccine made in Russia. Not long ago, the ICMR2 had declared that it would be ready to launch a COVID vaccine by Independence Day. Thankfully, the claims were snubbed by experts, including WHO's chief scientist Soumya Swaminathan. The Indian Railways has clarified that all passenger trains that were suspended till August 12th will remain suspended till further notice. However, it said that 230 special trains will continue to remain operational. Meanwhile, Delhi's Army Hospital has said that the former President Pranam Mukherjee's health condition continues to remain critical. They said that Mukherjee is currently hemodynamically stable and on the ventilator. Hemodynamically, in medical parlance, means there is a stable blood flow and provides a steady supply of oxygen to all tissues and organs in the body. On Tuesday, the hospital had said that Mukherjee, who also tested positive for COVID-19, had not shown any improvement and that his health status had worsened since he underwent brain surgery to remove a blood clot on August 10th. He was put on ventilator support on Monday. The last rites of the celebrated Urdu poet Rahat Indori was performed as per COVID-19 norms at the Choti Khajrani graveyard in Indore, Madhya Pradesh last night. Indori, who died of cardiac arrest, had tested positive for coronavirus on Sunday. The Andhra Pradesh police said yesterday that 10 people have been arrested for illegally distributing fake sanitizer mixed with methanol that had killed at least 16 people in Prakasham district last month. The Delhi police on Tuesday filed an FIR on more than 100 ASHA workers for staging a protest at Jantar Mantar last week. The police said that the protesters violated COVID-19 safety protocols and had no permission to stage the demonstration. ASHA workers across the country who have been going house to house collecting COVID-19-related data and following up with patients had launched a two-day protest on August 7th demanding better pay and protective equipment. In Delhi, a huge number of ASHA workers have been on strike since July 21st. During the protest, the ASHA workers demanded that their salary be increased up to 10,000 per month from the current 4,000 per month. The protest was launched by the All India United Traders Union Centre. 35-year-old Bubbly, an ASHA worker, had tested positive for COVID-19 on June 18th. It was inevitable, she said, given her line of work. ASHA workers are community health workers who monitor pregnant women and ensure institutional deliveries, assist in immunization and vaccine drives, and spread awareness about family planning. During this pandemic, they have been deployed on the front lines of the health emergency, tasked with conducting household surveys, keeping an eye on quarantined people, and educating the public about the new disease and how to stay safe from it. There are some 9 lakh ASHA workers in India and 5,730 in Delhi. When Bubbly's COVID test came back positive, she complained and I quote, I did not get any help from the government after I tested positive. The doctor I saw did not even tell me to go into quarantine. I quarantined voluntarily in a room on the third floor of our building that was vacant. 
My husband was found negative, but another Asha worker that I worked with tested positive. Unquote. Bubbly blames the Delhi government, which she claims sent Asha workers out even into containment zones without proper protective gear. To know more about her and the plight of Asha workers throughout the country, do read Anusuya Som's report titled Delhi sent this Asha on pandemic duty and all but abandoned her when she got the virus. Violence broke out in the eastern pockets of Bengaluru last night over an allegedly derogatory Facebook post by a relative of a Congress MLA, R. Akhanda Srinivas Murthy. According to the police, at least three people were killed during the police firing and 60 personnel sustained injuries. Authorities have imposed Section 144 in Bengaluru. Curfew has been imposed in DJ Halli, KG Halli and Kaval Bairasandra areas. The Commissioner of Police, Kamal Pant, said that the situation was brought under control. He said, and I quote, We are getting some companies from the RAF, CRPF and CISF to join our security arrangements. Unquote. The Congress leader's relative, identified as P. Naveen, had allegedly made insulting remarks about the Prophet Muhammad. However, he later posted that his account had been hacked and that he would file a complaint. He said, and I quote, For the fault of some miscreants, let us not fight amongst ourselves. Whoever has done that, let police and the government take action legally. I am also with you to see whoever it is is punished. Please maintain calm. Unquote. The Commissioner of Police Kamal Pant on Wednesday said that Naveen had been arrested in connection with the allegedly derogatory post. Apart from him, another 110 people have been taken into custody for arson, stone pelting and assault on police. Tensions began to brew when a crowd of nearly 1,000 people gathered in front of the KG Halli and DJ Halli police stations, demanding Naveen's arrest. Another group of protesters had also gathered outside the Congress MLA's residence, where they allegedly vandalised property and torched vehicles parked outside the house. A police officer's car was also attacked with stones and sticks, and the police team, led by Commissioner Pant, was also attacked with stones. The police opened fire, used tear gas and baton-charged people to quell the spiralling protests. Karnataka Home Minister Basavaraj Bommai said that the police have been given a free hand to contain the violence. Bommai also released a video message saying that people should not take law into their own hands. The Supreme Court on Tuesday asked the Allahabad High Court to decide on a petition related to the release of Dr. Kafil Khan within 15 days. The Gorakhpur doctor was arrested in February under the stringent National Security Act for allegedly making inflammatory comments during a protest against the Citizenship Amendment Act at the Aligarh Muslim University in December last year. The bench that included Chief Justice S.A. Bobde was hearing a plea filed by Khan's mother, Nuzhat Parveen, seeking time-bound hearing by the High Court of her petition. On March 18th, the top court had asked Parveen to move the High Court first. She again moved the Supreme Court after the hearing in the High Court was delayed. The court, while passing the order, observed that it has always prioritised matters concerning personal liberty. Justice Bobde said, and I quote, Liberty is something we have prioritised even during hard times. Unquote. Dr. Kafil Khan was arrested on January 29th this year and granted bail in the case by a court in Aligarh district on February 10th. However, he was not released from the Mathura jail and instead the NSA was invoked against him three days later and his detention continued. Khan allegedly made a provocative speech during an open talk event at the Aligarh Muslim University during a protest on December 12th. Sephologist Yogendra Yadav was the other speaker at the event. 
Dr. Kafil Khan had said in his speech that Mota Bhai, that is the Union Minister Amit Shah, teaches us to become Hindu or Muslim but not human beings. The complaint also alleged that in his speech he had said that in schools run by the RSS, children are taught that people with beards are terrorists. Three journalists from the Caravan magazine were physically assaulted by a mob in northeast Delhi yesterday and one of them was even sexually harassed. The Delhi police is yet to register an FIR despite the reporters filing detailed complaints. Two of the reporters were identified as Prabjit Singh and Shahid Tantre. Along with a woman colleague, they were reporting on the communal tensions that broke out in the area on the night of August 5th following the foundation-laying ceremony of the Ram Temple in Ayodhya. A group celebrating the Ram Temple event had allegedly shouted anti-Muslim slogans and placed saffron flags on the gates of Subhash Mohalla that day. Our reporters Ayush and Basant have written a detailed report on the same. It is titled, They Raised Obscene Slogans. On the night of Bhumi Pujan, Northeast Delhi's Fragile Calm Shatters. In a statement released on Twitter, the caravan said that a group of people physically assaulted the reporters, threatened to kill them and also used communal slurs. They said one of them, dressed in a saffron kurta, claimed that he was the local BJP secretary. Local police personnel subsequently managed to take the staffers to the nearby Bhajanpura police station. In his complaint, the other reporter, Prabjit Singh, wrote that were he not present, and I quote, the mob led by that saffron-clad man would have lynched Shahid for his Muslim identity, unquote. Meanwhile, the caravan said that the third staffer, a woman, was sexually harassed and physically assaulted. After the mob began attacking the three, she managed to escape to a neighbourhood gully. However, young men surrounded her in the alley and allegedly took her pictures and videos without consent and verbally harassed her. She was also dragged by her hair and a middle-aged man allegedly exposed his genitals and made lewd facial expressions at her. On Tuesday, the other two reporters had reported about two women and a teenage girl who had accused the police in Bhajanpura of sexually assaulting them on August 8th when they had gone to file a complaint about the people who had shouted slogans asking Muslim people in the area to leave the neighbourhood. Do read the detailed report by Ayush on the incident on Newslaundry.com. It is titled, How a Mob Attacked Three Caravan Journalists in Northeast Delhi. Listeners, many of you who follow News Laundry might know that both Ayush and Basant have been closely following the Northeast Delhi riots and how the police is investigating the violence that killed many people, a majority of them being Muslims. Both of them have filed multiple reports for our Deep Dive News Laundry Sena series, which is an initiative by News Laundry that allows readers to fund the stories that they want to hear. Through their reports on the investigation into the murders of Maruf Ali and Shahid Alam, we have seen how the Delhi police's investigation is majorly botched. Fake eyewitness statements, Muslims being arrested for murdering Muslims in what was clearly a communal riot, these are only the tip of the iceberg. In case you've not read their reports, I urge you to do so right away. I hope you realize the risk they take each time they go to cover these stories. So if you think they deserve your support, do read their reports, share them on your social media handles and make your friends and family members read them. And also subscribe to News Laundry so we can keep showing you the complete picture, something that a lot of our legacy media houses will not do. Because they are dependent on advertisements and sponsors, which very often happens to be the government. News Laundry, on the other hand, is 100% free of advertisements for this very reason. So subscribe to us and pay to keep news free. And now for some international updates. Globally, COVID-19 has infected 20.3 million people and killed more than 741,000. 
the UK's economy has plunged into the deepest recession since records began. The Office of the National Statistics, or the ONS, said that GDP, which is the broadest measure of economic prosperity, fell in the second quarter by 20.4% compared with the previous three months, which is the biggest quarterly decline since comparable records began in 1955. In France, the Paris Marathon has altogether been cancelled this year as COVID-19 cases picked up in the country. The marathon was originally due to take place on 5th of April but had been postponed to 15th of November because of the pandemic. It is one of the most popular events on the global running calendar and attracts over 40,000 participants. The city of Brussels has made face masks compulsory in all public places following a rise in COVID-19 cases in the Belgian capital. The minister-president of the Brussels region, Rudy Vervoet, announced the measure today after COVID-19 cases exceeded 50 per 100,000 people in the capital. Vietnam's prime minister has said that the next 10 days will be critical in the country's fight against the COVID-19 pandemic, which resurfaced last month after three months of no domestic cases in the country. Vietnam was lauded for suppressing an earlier outbreak through aggressive testing, contact tracing and quarantining. But it is now racing to control infections in multiple locations linked to the popular holiday city of Da Nang, where a new outbreak was detected on 25th of July. While German Health Minister Jens Spahn expressed his scepticism about Russia's COVID-19 vaccine, Israel's Health Minister has said that the country will examine Russia's COVID-19 vaccine and enter negotiations to buy it if it is found to be quote-unquote a serious product. Joe Biden has named California Senator Kamala Harris as his vice presidential running mate, a choice he believes will bolster his chances of beating Donald Trump in an election year shaped by the pandemic and a national evaluation of race. Harris, who is Biden's former Democratic presidential rival and a barrier-breaking former prosecutor, is the daughter of immigrants from Jamaica and India. She is the first black woman and the first Asian-American woman to be nominated for a major party's presidential ticket. Though Biden and Harris clashed during the Democratic presidential debates before she dropped out of the race last year, she has become a strong supporter and a voice of authority on issues of racial justice in an election year dominated by nationwide protests in the wake of the police killing of George Floyd. The US President Donald Trump, meanwhile, was quick to take aim at Harris. He called her a liar and a surprising choice for Joe Biden's running mate. He also called her weak and the kind of opponent everybody dreams of. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.